Welcome, Mysterious Goings On. This is Alex Greenwood. I'm thrilled that you're back with me. I think we're having a fantastic summer and getting into fall with some fantastic guests in the creative arts and in different fields. Because as I've said previously, as a writer, myself, I value understanding what drives people to create, to do things. Sometimes it's purely money. Sometimes it's just for the satisfaction of doing it. Sometimes it's both. And I think we would not be complete in talking to the guests we're having this season, which include actors and product designers, writers, chefs. We wouldn't be complete if we didn't talk to a photographer. And I am very excited and, frankly, feel very lucky to have with me a gentleman who I consider to be the Photographic Poet Laureate of Kansas City. Thrilled to have Dwayne Halleck on the show. Dwayne, welcome to Mysterious Goings On. Thank you. I'm honored to be with you. I've followed you on social media for quite some time and listened to your podcast, and it's fun to talk to you. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you. I, I, You strike me as somebody who, even though, uh, I, I mean, you've, you had a career in marketing. I know that. And we can get into your, your history in a minute. But I, I know you had a very big career in marketing. And I think we first met years ago when I first came to Kansas City when I worked at KCPT. I think we had a phone chat about something because you were, I believe, at the American uh, Red Cross here. And I was with them. And, yes. And uh, I we just always kind of. I don't think we kept in touch, like, you know, talk very often, but we knew who each other were. And then, yeah, and then social media springs up and we start following each other. And what's interesting is uh, I think I initially followed you on Instagram, not fully realizing at the time what a great photographer you are. And I was just like, oh, I know that guy. I'll follow him, see what happens. And then all of a sudden I just keep seeing in my feed these beautiful portraits of this community I've grown to love, Kansas City. So is, is that right, though, if we kind of, Look back a little bit in the back. We look back behind us a little bit here. You, your career for the longest time was was that mostly marketing and PR and things like that. Yes, uh, I spent uh, a little more than ten years as uh, the communicator and marketing person for the American Red Cross locally, and then prior to that, uh, I was with a couple other nonprofits. Uh, the United Way. I was the VP of marketing there. And prior to that, uh, a, in administration at a local hospital. Yeah, we have some things in common. Yeah, I, I worked PR at a hospital when I started my career, and I worked for the American Heart Association. So you and I have kind of swum in some of the same waters. That's kind of it's kind of interesting to hear. But photography. I looked a little bit on your website, and I'll let you tell the story. But you've always been interested in photography. But kind of how did it? How did it grow for you? What happened with photography? Was that something you picked up more once you left the Red Cross, or how'd that work? Well, I'm old enough, and I uh, remember the good old days of dark rooms and the smell of chemicals oh, and yeah. shooting on film. And, you know, I enjoyed that, but it wasn't as much fun. Uh, I still did photography through the years. I, you know, shot everything as a hobby from U.S. presidents campaigning to volcanoes erupting and the obligatory family reunions and birthday <laughs> parties and graduations. But I really found my niche when uh, Instagram came along. And I just started experimenting with it. And more and more, I started liking digital photography much better than the old stuff that I learned with. And it became more of an artistic expression and honestly, I started Instagram just throwing stuff on there to be clever and to be 
you know, cute and just photograph, you know, what shoes I was wearing. I mean, we all started somewhere and <laughs> right. I'm not, you know, it wasn't anything that I, but I've left them, those up. If someone's interested, they could go way back and see those. I left them up to kind of uh, document my journey in photography. And more and more I started uh, finding my groove, my niche. And I uh, have enjoyed photography as a hobby and I still don't really consider it a business for me, but uh, it's one where I've made a few dollars here and there, but it's not my driving motivation. Well, you know, I, I, I'm kind of with you on that. I, I've been told I have a decent eye for photography. Like, I know how to generally frame a shot. You can't usually tell from my Instagram, because frankly, Instagram to me is a laugh. I don't spend a lot of time on a, a curated aesthetic or anything like that but but i've been i've been told that but like you i i read up on you a little you know you, you took photography classes but you got bored because they spent all this time talking about f-stops and film speeds and apertures and all these important mechanics but i love what you said is that you know um you understood it was important as as a means to an end but you wanted to learn more you want to understand photography as a form of artistic expression you were getting right. beyond you were getting beyond the tools to do the job and and I can only say that I feel the same way so much. It's like uh, there's there's shows about podcasting. It's like I don't I don't really care about how podcasts are made beyond can I mine sound okay? Does it, you know it's not embarrassing? I don't really need to know exactly what kind of microphone people are using or sound dampening equipment or editing software. It sounds to me like that's your feel for photography. Well, it is, and I'm amused when people. Um, talk about photography in terms of the mechanics of it. Uh, I'm not offended, but I am amused when people say, well, what kind of camera do you use? <laughs> well, that's kind of like asking a writer, what kind of word processing software, what kind of keyboard do you use? Amen. It's a means to an end, but it's not the end itself. And it's important to know f-stops. I don't want to minimize that. It's important to know apertures and, and the good old days film speeds and you know how, how to frame a picture and all of that. But those are mechanical things that uh, I learned and then wanted to move on from that. I've attended a couple of photography classes here in the, the area, and they tend to be more camera clubs. And there was a lot of discussion around the mechanics and other such. And I'm not too impressive with, uh, when, when I go to those because I was told going into one of them, as a visitor that I'd be asked to stand up and announce whether I shot with Canon or Nikon. Well, I stood up and said, I shoot with a point and shoot Sony camera. And I got a little bit of applause, but it was more out of sympathy, I think, uh, because these are hardcore photographers and I don't really consider myself a hardcore photographer. And then other people will come along and say, well, what do you edit with a Photoshop? Well, I have Photoshop on my computer, I haven't used it in years. I use a free app called Snapseed, and I do it on my iPad. Yeah. So it's a point-and-shoot Sony camera. It's a nice camera, uh, and it captures a lot of data that then allows me to edit it. You know, I'm a pretty simple guy when it comes to uh, the hardware of photography. It blows me away because I, I look at your work, and I'm, uh, I'm going to tell listeners right now, if, while you're listening... It would not hurt at all for you to go to DwayneHallockPhotography.com, and that's spelled D-U-A-N-E-H-A-L-L-O-C-K Photography.com, and look at his portfolio. Dwayne, you have a very 
painterly style. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, I think that's a compliment, by the way. Um, <laughs> everything to well, me, thank you. it looks, some of it could be like an oil painting. Some of it could be maybe trend towards watercolor. But, but what I see here is you don't do the usual stuff. And your muse seems to be Kansas City, and I assume mostly because you live here, but uh, you can tell us more about that. But your muse seems to be Kansas City and a surrounding area. And what I delight in when I look at your work is I live here and I lived here for over 12 years, and I've seen most of these places. And I, what I delight in, though, is I see them differently through your eyes. Well, I appreciate your saying that. In fact, that's one of the highest compliments that anyone has, has given me. Uh, I've had several people say, well, I've lived in Kansas City my entire life, and I've never really noticed that, or I've never seen it like that. And others will say, well, you make me proud. And honestly, that is the most gratifying um, result that I think I can get out of my pictures. I appreciate that. Partly because I think Kansas City is such a beautiful place. I grew up in Colorado. Huh. I went to college in Tennessee. I moved to Kansas City from Oregon. And I know what people think, or actually more precisely what they don't think of Kansas City. It's just a flyover place. Yeah. I used to drive through here on I-70, and you know it wasn't that impressive, to be honest with you. But I am so impressed with the beauty of this area of Kansas City. I really wouldn't want to live anywhere else. And I know with my work with the Red Cross, I would uh, travel to across the nation for different disasters and all. And another compliment that I got from people, I still remember one guy from Seattle that I uh, got to know on a disaster assignment back in New York City. He says, Dwayne, I've never been to Kansas City, but your photographs make me want to visit there. He uh. says, I had no idea it was that beautiful. And I'm not really doing this as a you know, for the Chamber of Commerce or the Visitors Bureau or anybody else, although they appreciate my pictures. I'm just doing it because I want to show my high school buddies and college friends and colleagues across the nation. Kansas City is a pretty cool place. It, it truly is. I mean, as I said, I've moved here. I grew up mostly in Oklahoma City and then was in Nebraska for a few years and then came here following a, a, a lovely lady who became my wife, who worked at Sprint. So, you know, uh, and I fell in love not only with her, but I fell in love with Kansas City. Um, Oklahoma City and Kansas City are not terribly different in a lot of ways. And Oklahoma City has many beautiful things. I, I do still miss the Oklahoma City sunset, to be honest with you. I miss those, that brilliant orange. And I know you can get it here too, but it's to me, it's not quite the same. But I fell in love with Kansas City as well, and your work just reinforces that. And it's interesting that you say your friends see that, because I've actually shared your pictures a few times over the years with people and said, you know, this is Kansas City, you know. Even the... Well, the, thank you. The iconic... Well, thank you. Even the iconic shuttlecock at the Nelson Atkins, you've, you've got such a beautiful take on that. I mean, because everybody's got a shot at that, I think. And But yours, to me, is exceptional. I like the angles you take. And if, folks, if you're looking on, on the portfolio online, I hope you'll agree. So you've turned this... You say you're not making money on this and all that, but you do offer a calendar, do you not? And you also offer uh, prints and things like that? I do. I uh, have produced a calendar. Don't sell a lot of those each year, but it's enough to, you know, kind of have fun doing it. It's a pictorial calendar that I offer for sale uh, in the well, October, November, December time frame. And I do post my pictures online. Started out as more of a convenience. Uh, I would have people uh, ask if they could get a copy of something or 
different editors of local publications asked if they could use my picture. It was just easiest to say, well, here it is, go to the website and, you know, others would want pictures and I've sold a few that are in coffee shops or uh, a hospital, uh, not one that I used to work at, and just purchased several to put in a patient area, which I found flattering that they would, would do that. You, you mentioned the shuttlecock. I want to go back and mention and talk about that. Please, just please. A bit. One of the things that I approach photography with and writing is that I absolutely detest cliches. And I try and do everything I can to avoid uh, saying something that's a worn, trite phrase or shooting a picture that I've seen a thousand times before. Right. Uh, and the shuttlecock is one of the iconic figures uh, here in Kansas City. Probably the best example to me is the Liberty Memorial. Yeah. I used to work not far from there, and I have shot thousands of pictures. Uh, I can probably say that without exaggeration. Shot thousands of pictures at the Liberty Memorial. I've seen a whole lot more than that. And after a while, they all kind of start looking the same. To me, it always became a photographic and creative challenge to return to a place I've been a thousand times before and find something new. So I like to go to the Liberty Memorial and look for something or shoot something that I've never seen before or never photographed before. And it can be from a different vantage point. It can be from a different lighting angle. Oh yeah. Uh, It can be a different time of day or a different season. And I love shooting in inclement weather. Usually my inclination is when the weather's snowy or rainy or thunderstorms to stay inside and, or go to the basement. I don't go out when it's dangerous like tornadoes, but right. uh, I love inclement weather because it creates such interesting uh, and intriguing moods that I like to capture on film, digital. And what, for those who aren't from Kansas City, the Liberty Memorial is kind of our shorthand for the National World War One Museum. And it is a, a memorial and it's a, it's a tower that you can go up in, and there's an eternal flame on top. Is, and, Dwayne, forgive me, is that still lit? I'm not even sure if it's still going. I, it was off for a while. I think they have lit it for certain occasions, but I have not focused on that in my photography. Right. But it's a, it's a gorgeous plaza, and it's the museum underneath it is phenomenal. And I want to talk more about your subjects and, and about what you're doing. But, but first I want to ask you, though, so you, you got a lot of personal gratification out of, out of photography. From what you just said about how you find different challenges, basically, you go to things that are shot a million times before, and you find something new, some other aspect of the piece's personality for you to exemplify. But then... As I understand it, some things started happening with you personally that might have affected that. Maybe you could let us know what happened, particularly in the fact that you had a a direct challenge to your ability to be a photographer. Well, back in 2004, I went for what I thought was a fairly routine eye check, and uh, I was referred to a retinal specialist and thought I'd be in and out of there uh, fairly quickly. Ended up being there for about four or five hours as they took different tests. And finally, the doctor came in and says, well, you have a large, well-developed tumor inside your eye on your retina. And it turned out to be melanoma. And fortunately, 
you know, I beat the odds and, you know, beat, beat cancer. I went to Boston for some very specialized uh, cancer treatment, but I lost my eyesight in my left eye. So I now have half the vision, half the eyesight that I used to have. And a strange thing that, to me it was strange, it was uh, fun but exhil- and exhilarating, but when I lost, I, I appreciated the other half that was still remaining. And I started being aware of things that I had never noticed before. And I started capturing that on, on film. But I would look at things and think, I've never seen that before. I just started appreciating the, the beauty. And I often say that I focus on capturing beauty that is hidden in plain sight. It's always been there. I just never noticed it before. So for me, photography is almost a practice of mindfulness, Ooh. of being aware. And i uh, looking for things that, I'm not trying to find things that nobody else has seen. I'm trying to find things that I've never seen. So I'm not really trying to impress people with my photography. I'm trying to uh, just capture uh, my sense of gratitude and abundance uh, living in the Kansas City area uh, for things like that. It uh, And uh, we spoke offline, and I had a a scare. I, I... Recently, and there's an episode, by the way, listeners of the show um, called on losing it that I did a while back before at the end of the last season about this, where I went, just like you, I went to the eye doctor for what I thought would be a pretty innocuous in and out thing. And they told me I probably had glaucoma, which I freaked out. So now I don't, I don't at present have it. I'm still at risk for it, but I don't have it. Um, But what, what, what I, I guess is... I don't know what the right word. It's not interesting to hear, but it's it's um, it's meaningful for me to hear you talk about it this way because Dwayne, I'll be straight up. I thought, oh my gosh, what if I have this in it and they can't control it and I, I lose my vision, right? Yeah. And oh, you, you could relate to, and I could relate to your podcast. I listened to it, but I was fascinated. I really was. Oh, thank you. It, it's just terrifying, though. I mean, and I'm sure, and I don't want to drill down into things that are too unpleasant to think about, but it had to have been terrifying um, to hear this diagnosis. But you sounds to me like you, once it sunk in, you just matter-of-factly took care of business. Is, is that a fair way to, to put it? Or did you did you have a little little more stress about it than that? Or what? how did you feel about it? Well, it was a, a stressful thing, but I came to the conclusion that there's not much that I can do other than, you know, pray about it and have uh, the best medical care that I could get to uh, work on it. And then I just thought, I'm just going to live life. And living life to me was um, being grateful for each new day and looking for the beauty and the abundance that I find. Uh, And that's where the mindfulness comes in. You know, to me, it's almost a meditative process to go out on a photo shoot. I have a lot of people say, hey, I'd love to go with you on a photo shoot. Well, for one thing, it's kind of my personal time in in many ways. And I don't mean to be selfish about that, but it's also uh, much more impulsive than people think. Yeah. You know, I ask my wife sometimes, hey, you want to go with me to downtown and I'm going to shoot some pictures? She says, what are you going to shoot? Well, I don't know. I'll 
find, I'll discover it once I'm there. So uh, I don't always have the pre-planned uh, itinerary and uh, shot list, if you will, when I go out uh, on a photo shoot. Sometimes I find it's worth posting. Other times I thought, wow, that's kind of interesting. I'd never noticed that before. Yeah, yeah, and again, if you're not a, if you're not taking photos, that might you know somebody with you might be not intentionally, but might be kind of putting a drag on you a little bit because you could feel like may, maybe I've been out shooting with people before myself, and I could feel them like their impatience, like can we go to lunch now? You know? <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Know, you the, you mentioned other photographers. I, I could just interject. There. Sure. A lot of times uh, I have people. I shouldn't say a lot, but more often than I'd like, people saying, "Wow, I wish I could shoot pictures like you," or you know, and I don't say that in a self-congratulatory way, but my response is always never compare yourself with anyone other than the photographer that you used to be. Oh, nice. And I also appreciated your podcast about, uh, in your case, comparing yourself or not comparing yourself with other writers. Oh, thank you. To me, there's no sense of competitiveness. There are many photographers in Kansas City that I admire their work. I'm inspired by them. Uh, I don't want to be them nor do I want others to be like me, but I uh, am collaborative and I appreciate the community of photographers here. And I honestly feel no sense of competition with them. I don't compare my work with them. Uh, I compare my work with the Instagrammer or photographer that I used to be. And hopefully I'm uh, getting better with each and every passing year and each and every snap of the shutter. I, I think that's so true. I, because I, I had to get to that level of maturity myself about my writing and understand that there's there's a few few rules about writing. I understand. Let me see if these work for you a little bit in photography. First things first is yeah, you know you you are limited by, I think, well to a degree you're limited by your capacity for discipline and hard work. First of all, um, I'm sure with photography it's the same as writing. If you don't write a lot and you don't read a lot. You're not going to get better. So I would assume photography yeah. is very similar. The other thing is that what I offer my readers is my take, my 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 direction, my angle when I approach fiction. And I just like a photographer, which you said earlier, you're not offering, you know, you may be take, photographing things people have seen before, but you're this is through your eyes. This is through Dwayne Halleck's vision. This is how you um take that image and then work on that image and make it, as I said, painterly and, and, and that. So I think those are a couple of things I, I agree with you so much on that, but it took me, it took me a long time to get there. When I was younger, man, I, you know, I was very, well, how come they got published and I didn't, or, you know, why isn't this happening? <laughs> you know, but you can't look at it that way. And that's one reason too. Uh, just to put a, a pin in what you said too, about your alone time and writing's a very solitary thing. I mean, I, yeah. I can I cannot imagine a more boring thing than to watch somebody write. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but and all you said right there was was very well said. I mean, it reflects my feelings exactly. Uh, we're on the same like you from more of a written uh, medium, me from more of a visual medium, but we're we're parallel with our philosophy on that. I think so, and and we're both telling stories just in different ways. And I'm trying to paint pictures with words, and you're almost literally painting pictures with images and made all the more poignant and all the more special considering um, what's going on with your, with your vision, your physical vision, but uh, that you make work so well. Well, let me ask you a few quick questions. If you, if you don't mind about your work now, there, there's something I see here as I look and I've looked through your, your portfolio quite a bit. And as I said, I've been a fan for years. 
you're apparently, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, of course, apparently not a big fan of people in your work. True or false? Well, that that's uh, mostly true. Uh, partly by default, because when I'm out shooting, I uh, shoot on my own. I also worked at the Red Cross for, uh, like I say, more than 10 years. And the requirement there was that whenever we shot anyone who was identifiable, we needed to have a photo release. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, getting the photo release, I tried to be more artistic and shoot over their shoulder so they weren't identified. And any more, I find the beauty of the landscapes, the architecture, the nature and other things that I shoot uh, just usually work best without people. And I, I will say that uh, I am asked from time to time if I uh, will shoot pictures of different things, uh, weddings or senior portraits or family photos or even modeling sessions. As much as I would find those interesting, there are so many other photographers who do that much better than I. And i that's not my, my niche. I also don't really consider myself a photojournalist. Uh, so I'm not really looking to document the, um, the reality through a visual medium. I'm there more, and I don't know that I like this term, but I kind of think of myself as more of a photo artist. Hmm. And you had used the term painterly. Uh, there was a while where, I mean, I loved editing my pictures. Uh, there was a while when people would say, well, that looks almost like a painting. And the more I looked at it, it was over-edited. I would oversaturate colors. Hmm. I would, you know, use filters and other things just because I could. And I have come to the point where, to me, photo editing is kind of like uh, uh, women or, I guess, some men who wear makeup. It's best when you don't really notice the makeup. Yes. And the same with editing. Uh, it's best when it's not obvious. But I do edit my pictures and I'm unapologetic about that, but I try and do it in a way that doesn't call attention to the editing. Right. I like to edit my pictures so that I capture how I want to remember that scene and not necessarily how the camera uh, mechanically captured that scene in pixels. So it's more, how do I want to remember that sunset or that uh, foggy, morning at the Liberty Memorial or something like that. It's, um, that's my style in editing. And, and I, I appreciate that too, because yeah, you can, I mean, I've fooled around with editing software and I know how I can take, which was a decent shot. And then I just goof with it so much. It looks terrible. So, yeah. you know, and I never show those to people, but so it's easy to do with all the technology. It's not that you're against people per se. And I appreciate that, but I did notice that. And, and I, I did not want to, people to be led to believe that they were stark and that they, they, they lacked humanity or emotion. It's quite the opposite. What I think is so fascinating about it is that you've got all this emotion in these photos and there aren't people in them by and large. I could see where you're at loose park. You couldn't, you couldn't help but have a few people in the background. You can't identify them because I mean, loose park is where everybody goes to photograph themselves and people here in Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, I've got the yeah. I've got the yeah. one we paid a photographer when my daughter was two or three to throw leaves in the air and smile, you know. That's that's the loose park experience. Oh, those are fun. They Absolutely. Are, they are indeed. So what does your family think of your your uh, I won't call it an obsession, but of your hobby or or what it is the, your photography. What does your family think? 
Well, my family likes it. Uh, they don't uh, really take pictures much, uh, so I'm kind of the lone photographer. And I was flattered just this past spring when we remodeled our house and my wife said, I want to put up one of your sunflower pictures from Gretner Farms uh, in our new, newly remodeled kitchen. So we have one of my pictures uh, hanging up, uh, and that was at my wife's request, which I was flattered by that. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, uh, uh, I've got a buddy who uh, he writes, and uh, he's like, you know, after my, like, fourth or fifth book, I couldn't get my wife to read anymore. <laughs> so it's quite a nice thing when when they'll, they want to see it hanging up in the house. So I, I like that. I like that a lot. Well, Dwayne, what is there... And as we wrap up here, it's a two-part question, okay? The first part is this. What would you want people to to think about when they see your work? And then part two, what would you say to people who are like, I kind of think I take a decent picture. What what are my next steps to kind of get on track? Maybe you could do a little two-part question there for us. Well, I guess my thinking is that when people see my pictures, I want them to be inspired. I want them to feel a sense of wholeness and um, optimism. You know, we live in a pretty stark world. And I deliberately avoid that and try and have my pictures transport people away from that. Yeah. You know, I shoot some what I think are pretty beautiful pictures of Brush Creek. But I'm realistic. I mean, I've shot pictures of, you know, beer cans and other stuff in Brush Creek. Uh, I'll either edit those out or I'll move downstream. You know, I don't want people to think I'm, you know, too Pollyanna-istic. Is that a word? (laughs) Pollyanna-istic. And overlook the the blight and the, the, you know, the defects in the city. They're there. But I also think that what we focus on expands. And that's what I try and do with my photography. I focus on the beauty that's there. And the more of it that I uh, capture on film, the more of it I see. And I'm convinced I will never run out of opportunities to shoot pictures like that. In terms of the advice I would give other photographers, be shy about sharing your pictures. You know, don't feel like somebody's going to be judging them. Just share them. It's a form of artistic expression that I would encourage anyone who wants to share a picture uh, to, to do so. I like a lot of pictures on Instagram that aren't necessarily well composed or, you know, they're not going to win an award. But I like the picture because it represented the emotion and the creativity of the person who took the picture. So I would encourage anyone to not compare yourself with anyone else, but just share. We all have a voice. We all have an eye. We all have um, a soul that the world needs to to hear from us. And so I would encourage everyone to uh, be yourself and share what you alone can share with the rest of society. I cannot think of a better way to end our discussion. I, I'd like to go on, but I know you're a busy guy, and we've got uh, we've got people here uh, been I'm sure, fascinated to, if you're not looking at Dwayne's work right now, please do go look at it. And Dwayne, again, would you tell everybody uh, where to find you on the Internet? 
Well, my uh, Instagram and Facebook are just Dwayne Halleck. Um, Instagram is Dwayne Halleck, one word. Uh, on the internet, my it's Dwayne Halleck, and add the word photography to it, all one word. So I'd love to have you follow me on social media or connect with me there. Um, and also look up Alex. By the way, I, I just voted for uh, your two podcasts uh, for the awards for them. Oh, Probably sure. by the time you air this, uh, the deadline for doing that will be over, so you may need to edit this out. But uh, I just did that. And you, you do a good. Uh, I'm glad I discovered your podcast and enjoyed listening to it. Oh, well, forward to the next ones. <laughs> well, I bless your heart. Yeah, the, the this one's a, a labor of love, and the other one's a, kind of a lark with a buddy, and uh, it's just really an excuse for him and I to get together and be silly after 35 years of friendship. But I appreciate that <laughs> vote, and I tell you what, folks, I'm going to put a link to all of this in the show notes for for you can find. Dwayne and all his iterations, but seriously, if you're not following him on Instagram, treat yourself because there's nothing like Dwayne's stuff to stop you in the midst of a lot of people posting pictures of food. Yeah, yeah, I've done that. Pictures of themselves and <laughs> hi- highly curated stuff, you know. And um, I just, I just love it when Dwayne's stuff pops up because you do, sir, you do remind me of the beauty of the world, and I do love that it's not Pollyannish. It's just you you trying to show in this very stark as you put it this very stark and unfortunately right now fairly negative world that there is beauty and a lot of that beauty is within ourselves i think and you sir well said have some beauty in yourself and i appreciate you coming on mysterious goings on and i wish you a good day and i hope to see you around the web it's been my honor to talk with you and thanks so much alex you bet all right if you want to hear more discussions with creative folks just check out the feed it's an apple podcast you can find mysterious goings on there and uh, if you don't subscribe there we're pretty much everywhere else and if nothing else you can listen on your desktop you can catch that on the john pilot mysteries facebook page i put links to the show there or pilotscross.com where you can find more information about my books and other activities so it's been a delightful conversation i've been so blessed to speak Uh, with some wonderful creative people and I hope you've enjoyed it and I hope you will come back next week for another edition of Mysterious Goings On. Until then, keep reading. It's a great time to get a great deal on a new car when you get approved for an auto loan from PenFed. Our powered by True Car rates are as low as 1.39% APR on new vehicles. Finance for a longer term to lower your monthly bill. Plus, take up to 60 days to schedule your first payment. Join PenFed and together we'll keep you moving forward. Anyone can apply. Visit penfed.org/auto or call 1-800-247-5626. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. A little flexibility can go a long way. By refinancing your newer used auto loan with PenFed, you can lower your monthly payments for more flexibility in your budget. You can even schedule your first payment for up to 60 days from the date of your refinance. Calculate how much you could save at PenFed.org slash autorefi or call 1-800-247-5626 to apply. Membership is open to everyone. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.